there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi there, just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Welcome to another episode of the She is Fab podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, mindset transformation coach. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to Bettina Marie Jones. She is a self-described late bloomer and a lover of leaving. She's living an intuitive-led life that's transforming every aspect of her being, which at this moment in time has included moving across the country to a new city without knowing a soul, leaving her beloved family, friends, and a damned good job only to discover that she's been a wayfinder all along. Welcome, Bettina. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with you, Evelyn. I'm so glad to have you and so excited for this conversation. So tell us about this transition, this journey that you're on. Oh, my gosh. So um, my journey, I, I feel like my my life, my journey has been going on all my life. I just didn't recognize it like many people, probably a lot of your listeners. But in 2014, I had a big trans- 
uh, transition. Uh, my mother passed away. Um, and after the grieving process, I realized that I wanted to live my life for myself, not for my family, although I love them dearly, not for my job, my friends. And so I was like, I'm going to start new. And part of that starting new meant I left the East Coast, moved to the West Coast, and now I'm a life coach. And that's how I discovered it. I feel like I would not have discovered being a life coach if I had stayed the same. And my intuition has been leading me ever since. So um, I hope people resonate with this or, or see, like, can picture themselves like, yeah, I was getting nudges. I wanted to move to a new city or a new house, anything like that. So that's my journey so far. And it continues to unfold. So I have to ask, because you mentioned that, you know, your mother passed away and then you wanted to live life for yourself. Was mm -hmm. your mother's passing a catalyst or part of the catalyst for you transitioning? Absolutely. Absolutely. It wasn't until after she passed away that I, st like, I always knew I wanted to move to the West Coast, but it wasn't until she passed that I realized I was staying at home for her. Like, it would have been devastating for me to know that she passed and I couldn't get home quick enough um, mm -hmm. because she had sacrificed so much. So it was definitely a catalytic event for me. Um, and it also, you know, although it was devastating, I felt the freedom of it as well. Mm -hmm. So, well, yes. Obviously, my condolences that your mother passed away. That's Thank always you. very difficult when somebody so close uh, passes. But in terms of caregiving, you know, as women, we play that role. We kind of fall into it whether we want to or not. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we'll put others, individuals, their cares, their needs above our own. So it, it makes sense that you essentially wanted to be there for your mother to take care of her the way that she took care of you and brought you up. But then also makes sense that once, you know, she transitioned from this life, you now wanted to explore living life for yourself. Most definitely. And I should say I have siblings, so they were there as well. And mm -hmm. it was a big part too, because my sister who's younger than me has two children that I was very close to. So not only were, did they lose their grandmother? That means that me, who was a big influence in their life, I still am, but it's different when you're there in person and in their lives and meeting once a month to do fun things to moving across the country. And now we're talking on the phone or doing video chats. So I had to talk to them and make sure like nothing was wrong, but like I was moving and my nephew was very upset. So it was like a lot of transitions, you know, because they were going to have a double loss now. Um, yes. However, I, it was one of the things that helped me make the decision. Do I want to live my life and be there for my niece and nephew in their lives? They had, you know, they have two parents and a good stable home um, and be like an outlier. Or do I want to see how far can I fly? <laughs> and I was like, I chose myself. I was not going to sacrifice my own expression and my own path and my journey. Not to say I couldn't do it there, but for me, it was like, I needed to move on. And I, I have, I, I'm someone who doesn't live with too many regrets. I'm not saying I don't make mistakes, but I don't allow regrets to hold me down heavy in my heart. Um, so. I love yeah. that. I, I, I'm in agreement with you when it comes to that. 
If I make a decision, whether it was the best decision for me or not, I don't live in that regret. I don't live or dwell on that negative, excuse me, aspect. Mm -hmm. I move forward from there. I can also understand how your family, you know, might feel with, you know, the loss of your mom and then having you also move away. So they lose that connection or at least not the connection, but what they've been used to in terms of engagement can also a different way of engaging. You mentioned that, you know, there was some unhappiness there. What about the rest of your family? Did they have an opinion on your uh, transition? I have to say I am very fortunate where my family, like my sister, my brother, and my sister-in-law were like, live your life. Like, we're going to miss you. We don't like that you're moving, but they were not going to stand in my way. Um, so they were very supportive of me moving. And, and it makes it like, when we do get together now, and it's not as often as I thought I would initially go back home, especially in lieu of 2020 and the pandemic and where we are now. Um, but when I did before the pandemic, it was like a celebration. It felt richer. I felt like our, my relationships were a little more richer and not so enmeshed in the day to day, which was lovely for all of us. So, so yes. Um, to answer your question, my family was supportive. No one stood in my way. Like there was no mm-hmm. guilt trips, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which uh, like when I talk to some people, they're like, yeah, I want to move, but like my mother will stand in my way or my father will flip out or, you know, my sister need And it's like, wow. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that your family is supportive. Uh, Case in point, I live in the West Coast as well in California, but Mm -hmm. I am an East Coaster, originally from New York City. Mm -hmm. I was there for 23 years of my life, and my mother to this day (laughs) is just like, what are you doing in California? Come back home. They're not as supportive of it, so I love when I hear that other folks have the ultimate experience of just having that support. Yeah. Does your mom come out and visit you? She visited me once in the 11 plus years that I've been here. <laughs> she loved it though. She loved the the weather. She loved the the people that she got to engage with. But she's so used to her life in the East Coast and mm-hmm. what she's known that coming out here often or even the thought of moving is a no for her. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that's like a big thing too. Like like what people want to go like beyond what they've known all their lives. And, Mm -hmm. and there's no judgment whether you'd like to stay or go, but like, that's like, I I don't know. Like I love connecting with people who like, like to explore, like what is out there other than what they've known all their lives. Um, And and include it. And that doesn't mean that either of us can't go back East and live. Exactly. It's it's just another option that we have available to us. I do, however, advocate for folks to travel, to get out of their comfort zone, to even once in their life live somewhere different because Mm -hmm. the whole purpose of traveling, of getting out of your comfort zone is to broaden and expand your mind and learn so much more about the other experiences. Yeah. And it leads to joy, more joy in life, like joys you wouldn't like ever expect. I'm really shocked, like living in Seattle, a lot of people have not, who are born and raised in the state of Washington, Mm -hmm. have not traveled beyond the Pacific Northwest. And I feel like 
life is too expansive and there's too much of a limited view. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you, I, I can pick that up in their attitudes or their feelings. And it's like, you know, of course, being an East Coaster, I'm from Connecticut, but consider myself a New Yorker because I worked in New York for 10 years. But I'm like, why not? Like, like, I, like, and, but people don't like when you ask questions. And I think it's really important for people who want expansion in their lives to commit to being asking questions. Like be like, if there's not clarity in your life, ask, why is this happening? Or what can I do differently to make some change? Because this is not enough for me, you know? Um, and that's not everybody. So. No, I love that. I mean, I think that also comes with us as coaches, right? Mm-hmm. As an individual in general, you should be asking why, but obviously us coaches are also pushing for that deep exploration, right? Keep asking the why, like a little kid, right? But why, but why, but why? <laughs> and you get to that underlying source. Right, right. And usually people shut down kids after a while after asking so many whys, but it's, but it's our curiosity, which I think mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing that needs to be like, like expressed more. Um, yeah. But, but again, that's a coach's thought, but I think we were probably coaches before we knew we were coaches because I've always had that. <laughs> that's true. A lot of us, you know, might resist or fight the path, but eventually I feel like because it's an alignment, we're mm-hmm. called to engage in that capacity. Yeah. I also agree with you because I know people, even in my own family, who have never left the state of New York. And uh, I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, you need to travel and get out there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the world is bigger than New York. New York is rich and full and delicious and yummy and smelly, but there's more. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more to explore. So in your transition, right, you, you have this situation happen. You have a supportive family who wanted you to get out there, live your life, yes. um, broaden your horizons. You mentioned that you started going into life coaching. So what prompted that? Because that came after you started your transition, right? Yes. Um, what prompted that for me was um, I have a corporate background. I've always worked in corporate spaces and I was never happy, happy. Like I had good jobs. But I can't say that I felt fulfilled. And I always knew that there was something more. I just didn't know what it was. And, you know, I'll say I'm a quote unquote seeker. Like I was taking courses. I was always taking professional development. I was exploring spirituality. Um, and when I moved out here to Seattle, what happened to me is, um, it was a slow transition because I had to rebuild or, um, find a new pot of friends. Like, I was seeking friends and community and it took me about six months to nine months to realize that everybody that I was connecting with was a life coach. And for me, which didn't mean a lot to me, to be honest, because um, honestly, predominantly they were white women and being a woman of color, um, I did not see a lot of uh, examples of that. And it wasn't until one day and, and these life coaches were like, you should really be a life coach. And I was like, that's not meant for me. Like I had a limiting belief. It's not for women or men of color. It's for white women or white men, you know, like the Tony Robbins and, and, and Brooke Castiles and such. Um, however, one day I was so dissatisfied on a job and I was listening to, are you familiar with Hay House? It used to be Hay House Radio. 
Yes. I called in and called um, Dougal Frazier, who was an intuitive and he does colors. And he, the topic of his conversation that day was, where are you unsatisfied and how can I help you like get an answer? And so I called in, didn't think I would be in, like, I would, but he, he spoke to me. He told me what color he saw and he's like, have you ever considered being a life coach? So this is like the third or fourth or fifth person who told me. And my reaction was like, no, no, I've never considered being a life coach. Why would I? And he's like, and we had and in that conversation. So he was getting that intuitive prompt. And then we also had like the first friend that I made in Seattle, he knew because she had a radio station and he was interviewed on it. And he was like, Bettina, you and I have the same person that know that we know the same person who's a life coach. Mm -hmm. Just talk to her and see what the day in a life of a life coach is. So it opened me up and that's how I started to explore like, okay, I'm going to be a life coach. Like it, it wasn't, it, and it took like one conversation. I was like, I can do this. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't still sure what it meant because then it was like, I had to explore schools and, and different mm-hmm. approaches. Um, but I just followed it where it led and it landed me on my feet to like a path of joy. Like I remember the first time uh, in course in class that I coached someone and afterwards I cried because I was like, I found what I'm supposed to do. You know, it was like my soul resonated so deeply with it that um, there was no more question. Mm-hmm. So that's, I love that story. That's I how love it hearing that, like how you came across this calling, you know, and, and you can hear the passion in your voice, oh, you know, how thank you're speaking you. about your, your finding. And it's funny how the universe will give you these signs and kind of point you in the direction. But for a lot of folks, there's resistance in that, mm-hmm. um, depending on where you are, what you're dealing with. Yes. It isn't until, you know, you hit that wall multiple times. You're like, you know what? Okay. I, I get it. I <laughs> thank God universe. I see you. Let's explore this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, okay. You've been knocking on the door a long time and now I'm ready to crack it open. Um, it, and, and that's, that's the beauty. Like you, I, you as a, as a coach as well, like you see that happening in people's lives. And it's like, um, I'm waiting for someone to say, what took me so long? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if your friends haven't told you, they probably thought it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it is resistance. It is resist in- inner resistance that we all have experience of, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're sick and tired enough. We'll make some changes. Yes. It's all choices, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you are pushed into the choice or you yourself have that aha moment uh, to make that choice. And for those of you that are listening or or watching who might be aspiring coaches or just want to learn more about coaches, uh, Bettina mentioned, you know, that there was some resistance there. She had these uh, folks in her life who prompted her to think, you know, about the path. And then she had this moment where it kind of all came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bettina, you know, as a, as a life coach, life coach is really broad. Yes. Right? Yes, it is. And it's a- as coaches, we, a lot of us try to focus uh, into a niche or something or a modality that calls to us. Are you still exploring that or do you have your modality that you kind of use and apply? I'm still exploring it. Like I, I realize I'm still on a journey of like finding my people mm-hmm. and the 
all I know right now is I want to help people experience like freedom, like, um, like those having a corporate background, I can now see like, although I was searching and things worked out well, I, I made a excellent salary in New York city, um, mm -hmm. make one now as well in Washington and without that fulfillment, but still, um, I, I want to help people unsplug, uh, get unstuck and explore their beliefs on why they feel they're stuck. And so like, I look for ways to like, just crack open the door a little bit. And I, I, so that's, that's my approach. Um, or mm -hmm. so I don't have a specialty yet. Um, mm -hmm. but I like people who also have that seeker energy, you know, like they have balance in their life and they're like, I know there's more. I just don't know what it is. Mm. However, I believe as well, I, I'm not the type of life coach that gives advice. I know that my clients have all the answers inside them. Mm. I might have to ask the right questions to just help them open up that door a little bit. Um, but that's my approach. Um, I have friends mm. that are life coaches that give advice and I'm like, nope, that is not my jam. That goes against my ethics and boundaries. Like I always, I think that's an important thing with coaches, like boundaries, clients, feelings, my feelings. I'm not going to say what, I, how I came through something because we all think differently and that has to be respected in our field. I know that's a long winded answer, but yes. So no, I don't have a specialty. I, I want to work with people who are like, I'll say kind of like a modern day mystic. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you know what, Bettina, that's okay. Because even if you start in one capacity, just like how we're humans are constantly evolving, mm -hmm. the same will happen, you know, with your coaching, you might start out in one area with one modality or right. feeling. Yeah. And then that could adapt and change as things go on. What yeah. I love that you mentioned is, the feeling behind it and, and the advice, obviously different coaches do things uh, differently, Yes, but I'm in agreement with you. Uh, the way that I perceive coaching or, or how I approach coaching is I'm here to help you pull out the answers that you already have. It's just yeah. that you're missing that accountability and that action. Yes. And some of advice, you know, our clients do ask for advice, mm -hmm. but to your point, we are unique individuals with unique experiences and you don't want to muddy or influence somebody's action or decision based on your own experience or project your emotions onto them. So it's, it's a fine line. You have to be careful. Yes. With that. Yes. I liken it to like, let's say you and I have a peach. I take a bite. My experience of that peach is going to be different. Even if it's the same peach, like it might be sweet to you. To me, it's tangy. So when somebody, when I'm coaching someone, although they're talking about maybe their relationship with their boss or even the relationship to like online dating, their experience and their thought process is going to be different from mine. And so that's where I think it's important as coaches, we honor where the client's at and their experience, because we will have different experiences, just like we're, I mean, we're so individualized that it's beautiful. Like that's how our world is created. Yes. That's a great message. If you guys um, didn't absorb that, please rewind <laughs> and re-listen to that uh, tidbit of wisdom. Oh, so. so Bettina, I feel like you could probably be an empath. 
Has anyone ever told you that? Yes. Um, and I take, um, I'm sure you're an empath as well. Many coaches are correct. Um, many are not, but depending on, but I will say with empaths, um, and it's an interesting question. I know there are highly sensitive people. I don't consider myself highly sensitive. And I say this, I am an amiavert. That means I love being with people. I love speaking and I love my alone time. I don't know how it was for you when you lived in New York, but like I loved all the impressions where others, it was impression overload. However, as a, and so like, I, I don't know, I, I just feel like I'm a little different. I, I like, I don't get upset by big crowds or loud noises. However, when I work with a client, I use my empathy to, um, it's one of the, and while keeping boundaries, like when my client feels something painful, and I mean like a deep pain where they start sobbing, I hold mm -hmm. space for them. I, I do my best to stay grounded and not be enmeshed with that, but like mm -hmm. meet them and acknowledge this is a very painful situation and we don't have to have the answer right now. Yes. Okay. So you said a lot of things there. That Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're so good. Um, so in regards to the experience and the people, for me, it depends on, mm. on the day. Um, I have learned to essentially try to shut off the empath in me mm. because it can be a sensory overload at times. Sure. And so I live between either being really extroverted or really introverted. I find that I, I do love people. I love engaging. I love talking, but I also need the space to have my individual, uh, you know, thinking my individual, uh, feeling mm -hmm. in, in a way to sort of re-energize. Yes. Right? So it's, it's like you have, there's a balance there. So important. Um, something that I, I struggle with and, and you, you know, brought this up is the emotion, right? As an empath, when somebody is going through pain and they're outwardly outpouring, I get so emotional. Mm. And so I struggle with not trying to take on that experience, that pain and trying to keep a boundary that will allow me to still perform as a coach. Yes. That, that, uh, uh, Evelyn, that is such a beautiful thing to have in terms of self-knowledge. Like really, because a lot of people don't know that they just think like, that's who I am and that's how I work. However, I think it's so important. Um, and I know you realize this, that like you mentioned the word boundary, like, cause there's our physical boundary and then there's the energetic boundary as empaths. It's mm -hmm. important for me to set energetic boundaries before, sometimes during, especially if somebody's experienced emotional pain and after. And so I always take time afterwards for that care. And that means I like, um, intuitively send somebody's energy back to them. I do so many things to like set boundaries at, and on an energetic level that, uh, to help me. And that's when, uh, so it, it's really important. I'm glad you recognize that. And, but like, and a lot of people don't. So yeah. Good for you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. But I understand like one time I was working with a client and I felt their pain and I almost started to cry. And I was like, wow. However, instead I said, I feel that in my body mm -hmm. because I wanted them to know I was with them. 
I was yes. with them in that emotion. So, yes. It, it, and you know, it, it can be difficult because mm. we're human, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's learning. And as, exactly. And as humans, you know, inherently we crave connection. We crave, uh, that engagement mm-hmm. and as coaches you know we're we're going through all these emotions not just you know the experience of our clients but our own inner dealings yes and that's why it's important that as a coach you fully understand one your knowledge your authority your boundaries how you actually coach and where to draw the line i feel like good yeah. coaches have all of this in mind have that awareness Yes, I, I would agree. Um, and it, and it's a learning too. And, and that's where like, I'm someone like, whether somebody goes through coaching school, like that's a path I took or somebody uses their life experience. It's still, I, I feel like our eth- the ethics of a life coach, as well as our own personal integrity, that's where that really comes into play. Like, yes, like not to, um, like, Truly, I like to hold sacred space for my clients. And being a human, there are my blind spots. Like if somebody's talking about like, it's not as painful for me right now because, you know, grief is a process when you lose a loved one. But if somebody would lost their mother tomorrow and we're working together, I could hold that space and I could remember things that I experienced with my mother. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to just hold that for them. And not tell them how I move through it or what helped me, but like just allow that to come forward from them. So it, it is hard as an empath. It, it, it really is, especially those blind yes. spots where it's like, ooh, I was just triggered by what my client said. You know, <laughs> that's when I, <laughs> that's when I like, <laughs> that's when I put my feet on the floor <laughs> and I start to like, Breathe a little deeper. <laughs> I really hope that there are some coaches who are listening to this because there's obviously there's value for the audience, right? But there's also value for the coach and, and how to engage and interact. Yeah. And you're sharing so much wisdom and things. Aww. I'm just like, yes, please talk about it more. Triggers. As coaches, when a client is telling their story or or (laughs) seeking guidance from you or action steps or tools, whatever it is, there are things that they can say which triggers something in you. Mm -hmm. And you as a coach have to be careful that, again, you're not somehow influencing or creating some sort of push in your client that isn't stemming from them where they want to go and what they want to do. Yes, that's so important. Um, and I know I have been triggered and I know I will be triggered in the future with clients. And, um, the last time I will tell you, the last time I was triggered, somebody was what I'll call a story fondler. So that means they were really narcissistic. They, uh-huh. they wanted to stay in their pain and it, it's hard for me as an empath. And I think because it informs like, uh, I've had the experience in my life before. Mm-hmm. Some people want to hold on to their suffering so mm-hmm. tightly. And to me, that is so frustrating that it was really hard for me. Like as a coach, after about 20, 30 minutes, I asked the client, do you want to be coached? And I didn't listen to myself where 
I wanted to stop the coaching session. However, I gave her the option to continue or not. And of course, somebody had me as, I'm going to say in that situation, like a captive audience. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to continue, but my level of frustration was raising higher and higher and higher. And fortunately, this was a peer coach, um, not a mm -hmm. client client, but somebody who was going through something. And it was really hard. Like I was triggered all over the place because I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, I didn't, and, and to me, it's so different. Like I'm not saying, obviously as a human being, I suffer. I have emotional thoughts that make me suffer. However, I'm always like, what's on the other side? I will go through the suffering. I don't care if it takes me three months. I will stay in the thick of it. However, mm -hmm. I know that there's something on the other side. And so I can't always, and someone once told me, I'm like one of those, um, they're old, like, uh, there was a clown, like you used to be able to punch it and it would come back up. Um, mm -hmm. It was a, like a, a, a clown stuff with air. And he's like, you're like that. And I, I know that's like part of my nature. Like if I'm down, I'm going to get back up. I might be down for a day, a couple of days. Um, but people who, so that's one of my big triggers, like, because I, I live in a life of joy. And I might not know all the answers, but I'm not going to stay in that. And that's one of my triggers as a, as a coach. And I'm working with that. And I'm actually finding resources to help me like move through that. Or like next time I, I want to honor my intuition and said, this is a good time for us to stop. I don't think you want to yeah. continue. And we're not, we're not, we're not going anywhere. Um, and I started to get engaged and I was like, no, not a good move for me. <laughs> I appreciate that share. And I, I actually agree with you. Um, similarly, I don't believe it's okay to feel the emotions. Yes, it's absolutely. Okay to be aware and absorb it in the moment, but there is the other side of things, right? You don't want to get into that victim mentality where you're stuck there. You're not progressing. Mm. So when I connect with people who are in that state where they're, you know, playing the victim or where they're choosing not to face that emotion not to move beyond it. I know that it's not for me. That relationship is not for me. Exactly. And, you know, I've had clients who will, you know, do their discovery call who are interested in coaching, but they're not ready. Mm -hmm. And I will turn them away. Cause I'm like, yes. you're not ready to be coached because you have things that you are dealing with. You may think that you're ready. You may think you want to take this path, but until you release <laughs> this things you're not going to be able to accept the help that I can give. So it's okay as a coach to say, I'm sorry, this relationship will not work. Right. And, and kudos to you because that's your personal integrity. Like I'm sure there are some coaches, especially when we first start out, we want to work with anybody and everybody. And so like, we'll, we'll accept clients, even though, mm -hmm there's something inside that says, this is not going to be a great relationship, but we'll move forward with it anyway, because either, um, for the experience or for the financial, um, you know, income. So good for you for having that. And, and I, I, I learned that as well, not through my life coaching business, but I had another business previously of being a virtual assistant and I would take any client, even though I was like, Oh, they're going to be a nightmare. But because I needed the money, I did it anyway. And sure enough, 
that relationship would be ended usually by me. I was happy to fire clients that weren't in alignment with the kind of work that I wanted to do. Um, so good for you for having that. I, I think that's a key, whether regardless of what business, like, is this somebody you truly like resonates with you and is re to your point, ready to do the work? Yes. And, and it's all, this doesn't come about overnight. Obviously I had my learning experiences to get mm -hmm. to that point. Like anything, it's a process, right? Right. You live and you learn and you adapt. Um, so in my experiences, similar to your experiences, we've learned when mm -hmm. to say, this is not going to be conducive to mm -hmm. either of us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, I don't know. I, I love that. Like, um, I don't know about you, but like people are surprised when I say this, like, I love when I find out I'm wrong. <laughs> because that means I learned something and, and I, I use it. I remember in college, like there was a, there was a, a classmate who for some reason I decided I didn't like her. There was something about her personality that kind of triggered me. And then one day we, we, um, for some reason we met for coffee and she turned out to be one of my best friends. Like we're still good friends. And I was like, I'm so happy I was wrong. Um, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> that usually happens, you know, and vice versa. Folks have made an assumption about me as well, and I've made assumptions about other folks, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, yes. But when you get to interact and you learn a little bit more, symptoms are surprised and they become, you know, a really close confidant friend, or what yeah. have you. And other times it doesn't work out. It is what it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know? <laughs> and that's just it. Like, it was what it was. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will tell you, though, and this is something, you know, with empaths, usually don't come for me. Usually. <laughs> when you have a feeling and energetic vibe mm -hmm. uh, from someone that is in the negative, you're usually right. Like I've usually been right about that initial assessment. And one of the things that I will do is I have this feeling and I will give benefit of the doubt. I'm like, okay, I have this feeling, but let's see how this plays mm -hmm. out. And then you're proven right. And you're just like, damn it. Why, why did I go against my intuition? <laughs> You just explained my dating life, but yes, <laughs> or even how I make friends. Like, like there'll be something inside. I'll be like, mm -mm, no. And then like you benefited a doubt, or this is a big thing. I think for females, I don't want to, I, I want to be nice. I don't want to be rude. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I will start a friendship with someone that I think, oh, it'd be nice to have another friend or a man that I'm, I, I'm like, okay, well, he seems like, okay, even though I'm getting a bad vibe, um, I'll meet him for a drink. And then I'd be like, wow, no, like, why didn't I listen to it? And that, that has actually been like one of my, mm, help me develop my intuition and start to trust like, what my body is telling me, because I have the belief that, um, our bodies hold so much wisdom and that wisdom is intuitive wisdom. We just don't know, or we need to learn to recognize when to listen to it. Um, when to like give it space. Um, for instance, I, I was attempting to make, it was a, another life coach. 
And I wanted to be friends with her because I'm like, yes, I, I want a peer group. I want women to collaborate with. And we met for coffee and I was aware she was completely talking about herself for probably an hour, hour and a half without asking anything of me, but I ignored it. I wanted to be nice. I'm like, this could still be a good relationship internally. And it was one of the Mm -hmm. worst friendships I think I ever experienced because I was, um, she did not have the capacity to tune into when something was bothering me or when I was going Mm -hmm. through something, all she wanted to talk about is her stuff. And I ignored it probably for six months. And I was like, this is not someone that I should allow into my space. She's a wonderful human being. She has a lot of great qualities, but for relationship for me and what I, I like re- reciprocity in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I let it go. I let that go. And I find that I do that often when, and I give people time. And as an empath, because sometimes we don't know. I also met somebody like I met, uh, I started dating someone where I thought, oh my God, I think this is the love of my life. Mm-hmm. I was so wrong. <laughs> and in my inter- I don't know why I don't, I still haven't figured that one out, but as an empath, mm-hmm. I followed that and I realized, wow, okay. Maybe there was something about him, like qualities in him that I want in a mate. Doesn't mean that he was my mate. So that's the fine line there with, you know, adding on the empath aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Because you feel these emotions and when you find certain emotions that are so strong, qualities or traits, you tend to focus on that. Yes. But your intuition is telling you, Hey, I get what you're doing here, but there's this thing that is really not in alignment with you that you should focus on. And we, as women are guilty. Yes. We will say, no, 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 no. Let me figure this out. I think I could do something here. Yes. <laughs> right. Like I could fix it. Um, yeah. I actually experienced this recently. I'm on a inner journey of, I really want to explore ancestral healing. Um, and I found a website of a practitioner And I loved her website. Like when I found it and read her description, I actually started to cry. Like it moved me emotionally. I met her with these emotions that I experienced when I first saw her website. We had a discovery call and I didn't like some of the way, like the way that like her tonality when she was talking to me, like, and I was like, okay, but I was like, I'm going to let that go because I really want to work with her. Yes. I worked with a life coach because it was bothering me. I was like, well, something's not right. Like I want to do this work, but she doesn't feel good, but I'm still going to do this work and I'm going to work with her. My intuition led me there and they encouraged me like, well, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? I was like, I want to write her a question. I want to write her and say, you know, something doesn't feel good in the way that you responded to me. Did you feel that? Can we speak again? And her response was, I don't know what you're talking about. I encourage you to find somebody else. Great. Oh my God. Yes. But (laughs) however, I took it as, you know, she was honoring her space. I had to honor mine. Something in me, like I'll say last year would not have written that email to ask for clarification. I just would have worked with her thinking that I needed to work with her because I resonated with her. And I realized I'm going to talk to two more practitioners in this. And I finally found the one that I want to work with, but it took like, and so I took my, my 
what I was feeling intuitively and, and being an empath as I want to explore the healing modality and her website happened to speak to me where the woman that I'm working with, her website did not speak to me. However, when we connected on the discovery call, she was like, you know, I don't push my clients. We take our time. We do this, everything that I had, that I wanted in a practitioner. So it's, and again, I give myself the space. I was like, one of my biggest things that I encourage myself and anybody else, we have the right to learn. And that really helped me with this because I was in pain. I was like, I should have just like, did I burn a bridge? And it's a small community in this healing modality where they all know each other. However, I'm glad I followed my intuition and that I worked with a coach to help me like, yeah, you didn't feel good because she's not the right person for you. Honor that, especially as an empath. Like we get so, we receive so much information on so many different levels. I usually think it means one level. Yes, no, or maybe when there's, it's layered. So I'd encourage anybody an empath, like always ask a question, go inside. Does this work? Okay. Yes. So, um, oh my I, God, I love that. I love that you have this sense and you took the step to make sense of yeah. what you were feeling. Like yeah. you said, you were attracted to this website. It spoke to you. But then when you had that conversation, something wasn't quite right. Yeah. And you didn't just push that feeling aside. You gave it credence, which ended up benefiting you in the long run. And, and for those of you watching and listening, I hope you really understood what she said there. She went through a discovery process to mm. find the right person for her, which is why I encourage you guys that are either aspiring coaches or looking to work with a coach, definitely reach out to several people, really know what you're looking for. You know, just because somebody has an initial outward appearance, appearances are mm. deceptive. Absolutely. Right? A site can show one thing, but the person can be something different. So make sure that you're doing your due diligence in getting what you need. Secondly, intuition. But, you know, we've been talking about intuition mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form this entire time. Yeah. And I feel like women in general have a strong sense of intuition. It's just inherent to us. Mm -hmm. But we tend to push that intuition away, which then it means that when we start to pay attention, we have to build it up with anything else. We have to give it that power. We have to practice it so that as we continue to grow and develop, that also grows and develops. Absolutely. Like we have to make space for it. Be and, and mainly because of society. And, and I say that not as a blame, but like this, is, we, we are in a culture of, of other people. We live in a society. And so we may get a prompting from our intuition that goes against society. And for example, mm -hmm. let's say you are at the age where you either make a decision to go to college or take a year off. Society will tell us, go to college, declare a major, move on with your life, find a career so that you could have stability later on. However, that is not the right path for everyone. Like maybe somebody says like, 
maybe somebody's like, but I, I just want to take a year off or I want to postpone because I don't know what I want to explore. I just don't want to incur debt or making a career change. And yet like, and society is traditionally other. It could be our family, our friends, our boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, our children, regardless of our age, like what's best. And it's like society will tell us what's best for, you know, the whole, but we are individuals and our intuition is not, my intuition is not the same as your intuition. So you receive promptings that will help guide your life. But, but the main thing is each person has to make that space for their, like, to define their intuition. How do we receive information? I don't know. I'm sure you receive it maybe the same way I do, but like I'm, I have clear audience. I have clear knowing, and I also feel things in my body and I had to develop that. So like intuition is so beautiful. I love exploring it. I love playing with it. (laughs) I love like even helping clients using tools, like through metaphor when they have, challenges like okay like I, I don't I don't I, I could say more but like I, I'd love to know like how do you feel your intuition and how do you make space for your intuition because sometimes I have to just sit and like ask myself a question how does this feel in my body mm-hmm. how no, does- I'm the same actually mm. <laughs> <laughs> I had to for a very long time I went against my intuition Mm. And this is way before I even, you know, became a coach. Yes. And as I grew and developed and I had these experiences, negative experiences, positive experiences, I would think, okay, but more so on the negative, I would think, okay, why did this play out the way it did? I had this sense and I ignored it. So as, you know, I developed, as my intuition grew stronger and something I still do today is I still ask myself, okay, why am I feeling this way? And where am I feeling that, right? Mm. Where is mm. my feeling centered uh, in my being? Yes. And that actually opens up a lot. It, it, it's, um, I would say it's miraculous. I, I love mm-hmm. sometimes I'm feeling something in my body and I'll start to ask like, does it have a color? Does it have mm-hmm. a heat signature? Is it cold? It, does it have a sensation just to help me identify it? And then I start asking it questions like, do you want to tell me something? Do you want to show me something? Um, like, and, and also try and register, does this feel good or does it feel bad? Like, is it telling, like, does it feel like it's a warning or is it like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, all systems. Yes. Move forward. <laughs> I actually use that. So in my coaching, when we do role playing, mm. um, I have the individual play several roles and in wow. that role playing we're using that intuition and we're expanding further on it with the feeling okay like you said is it a is it cold is it warm you know what is it bringing up in you like because yeah. believe it or not and i know it sounds so simple <laughs> but so many folks miss this idea any action or decision that we make is mm-hmm. tied to an emotion yes so understanding yes. that emotion and really fleshing it out in all the capacities will open you up for so much more. I, I, I even use it for like, if I have a to-do list, like, let's say there are three things that I feel like I really have to get done. Like they're so important either to my personal life, my business, whatever I will. And I, if I feel a little overwhelmed, I'll sit down with that list and I tune into my body. Hmm. 
do I really need to do this right now? And feel what my body has to tell me. And if it says no, it'll go lower to the list. Or maybe I'll think of, well, can I get somebody else to help me with this? Or can I hire someone to take care of this? Especially if we're like business owners and there, there's always a to-do list (laughs) of how to, (laughs) how to sustain our business, grow our business, you know, uh, everything as well as in our personal lives. Like we have to-do lists, whether it's going grocery shopping uh, painting, spring cleaning, anything. Mm-hmm. And I use, I, I use my intuition and my body to figure out what, what do I really want to get done? And I, I do my best not to have like outside influences. Like, like today I had things that I wanted to do, but I'm like, you know, it's a gorgeous day. I'm going to use this time and go for a walk in the woods by myself because I know that's going to nourish me on so many levels on my creativity on everything where everything else can get done. But I always tune into my body because again, the our bodies have so much more wisdom than our minds. <laughs> yes. That is great advice. Guys. Really take that in our bodies, you know, generations, generations of the mm. learning that are embedded Yes. In our DNA, our intuition being one of those things. So really pay attention mm. to what your body, what your intuition is trying to tell you. Yes. Oh my God, Katina, this conversation is I love amazing. it. I can go on and on. I, like, I feel like there's a vibrational connection there because we have so many similarities. I but I want you to tell us about your coaching, right? Tell us, you know, what you're offering, how folks can get in touch with you. Sure. Um, well, like most coaches, I am offering a discovery call 30 minutes, um, that I would love to do. And also right now I'm working really hard to be ICF certified, which means I need more hours. Um, so I'm offering if somebody truly, like if we resonate and it's a good fit, I would like to offer complimentary three coaching sessions. And again, this is a mutual thing where it will not cost you someone money, but it will be in a time investment. And I only want somebody who really feels like one, we resonate and two, they're dedicated to explore tools. So that is my offer. Um, and if somebody has a life coach and they don't, I have a tool that I, I'm happy to send them. It's called the wheel of life. So what, so someone could kind of like self-assess where could I use a little more joy? So I do have a website. It's uh, my first, middle, and last name. Is, and don't judge me. It is under the works. <laughs> it's www.bettinamariejones.com. That's uh, B like beautiful, E-T-T-I-N-A, mariejones.com. And my email is the same thing, except I have a ton of dots, bettina.marie.jones at gmail.com. Um, and so that's how people can get in touch with me. Um, even if they just have questions, like if they are considering being a life coach, I, I don't care. I have a firm belief, uh, collaboration over competition. I would rather collaborate and share resources with people because um, one of my biggest questions when I was considering becoming a life coach, this is after everybody's like, become a life coach, become a life coach, you explore this. My question was, does the world need another life coach? Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. And they need you. I will say that. Like if you have a, and, and so 
to answer your question, that's how they could get back. That's how they could reach out to me. That's what I'm offering. But I would also like to say, if you don't mind, um, look for trades. If you're be interested in becoming a life coach, like do people come and share their stories with you or look for advice from you? Not that coaches give advice, but they, people pick up on qualities that we have. And that is a quality that needs refinement so that you can be like an amazing life coach. So I'd like to share that. And if you're looking, and if you're someone who's interested in a life coach, I always use the rule of three. When I'm looking for a practitioner, check out three and then make a decision because you'll resonate with somebody. Somebody will share some great information and somebody might be, eh, but at least you'll have your answer. And that's for anything. That's, I have like the rule of three. Sometimes I throw in four or five, but. <laughs> <laughs> the rule of three is a really great rule, actually. It is. There's a lot of benefit in using that. Even like if you pay attention to the signs of the universe, mm -hmm. good things and even bad things. Yes. Come in threes. Absolutely. Oh, I love this, Evelyn. Thank you so much for sharing that. And guys, we're going to put all of her details in the podcast details and the YouTube details. I highly recommend you guys to take advantage of her offer. Not many coaches offer free sessions beyond the discovery call. And if you got anything from this conversation, I hope that it's the feeling that Bettina can actually help you. If not working mm -hmm. directly with you, maybe even referring you out to someone else. Because again, I feel like the energy, the vibration that she's putting forth, at least for me, the way I feel it, mm. it's so positive. It's so welcoming. It's, it's warm. And it makes you want to engage and interact further. So please support her. Please follow her. Please take advantage of anything has resonated with you. If you have any questions or curiosity, yes. reach out to her. Take I would advantage. love that. Thank you, Evelyn. Evelyn, thank you for like holding space. This is such a beautiful outreach that you have. I just want to say you thank you. You are so welcome. This is something that, you know, I just put out there to inform and empower other mm. individuals, but I'm getting so much from it as well because I get to meet women like you, engage, learn, and just elevate each other, which is what I love. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. You are welcome. And mm -hmm. thank you for sharing. Thank you for being present and giving us all this wonderful wisdom. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Any last thoughts you want to share with the audience? Hmm. I would say, if anything, I would encourage anybody, like regardless of your circumstance or your situation right now, whether it be positive, negative, in between, have a sweet conversation with yourself and ask you, like, what would bring you more joy to your life? And start exploring that, whether that's with a life coach or anything, whether you want you 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 want to be a nomad for six months, explore that. Like your soul is informing you of something and you are worthy of that exploration, regardless of who you are. That would well be said, beautiful. Um, and to tack onto that, society is all about the whole, but mm. we are individuals. And as an individual, that intuition that you have, Bettina's statement just now, you want to explore that and make sure that your path is right for you. Yes. Yeah. 
lovely, beautiful. I had so much fun. Well, guys, this has been great. Again, I hope you guys got so much from it. Please go and support Bettina. Take her up on that on her offer for free coaching, which is practically unheard of. <laughs> I really want my hours, you know, like it's like yes, a better support. Yeah, I'll so. forget those hours, but also understand that, you know, it's going to be beneficial to you as well. Yes. If you're willing to put in the work, coaches are not, you know, magic fairies. You don't have a <laughs> wand that we just wave and everything is fixed. We're not nope. here to fix you, no. not do the work for you. So make sure that you're really ready to put in the work and, and put in that effort. Yes. Yes. Thanks awesome. again, Medina. Thank you, Guys, Evelyn. Like I always say, preparation, So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.